What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. This is a comedy podcast where I like to just fuck around with you guys for about half an hour or so. If you're listening to the first time, welcome. For the returning listeners, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for listening. You're keeping it fun for me, especially you Patreon members. I dropped a bonus episode last week for the Patreon. There'll be another one coming out either later today or Friday. It'll be a fun one. We're going to have some fun in this podcast. I've got a crazy set I want to tell you guys about. Took place at the Laugh Factory in Chicago this past Monday night. One of the crazier sets ever as far as an audience interaction and all the things that followed. It's, it's nuts. Also, I had a doctor's appointment that I think you guys will find comical. right? And then I'm going to give you a little sneak preview on uh, some fun stuff I'm going to talk about the podcast, plus an episode I'm doing next week. All right, guys. I hope you guys are all feeling well. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're looking well. I'm not looking well. I need to get a haircut because it's out of control. That's why I'm wearing a hat right now. For those of you seeing the clips on YouTube or, or TikTok or Instagram or whatever, uh, it's weird. You know what? I'm going to New York uh, Wednesday, March 16th through Sunday, March 20th. I'll be doing some shows. Follow me on the social media platforms I mentioned, Twitter as well. And I'll give you the details for my friends in the, in the New York area, in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I don't know if you guys have had this, but you kind of time out. I, like, I don't know if women have this, but guys definitely we have this. We time out our haircuts. So I'm making the decision. It's like, I'm going to look like shit for the next week. Um, and I'm just going to deal with them. I'm going to look like garbage. You got to have a week where people are looking at you like, what the fuck's going on with your head, pal? You um, you unemployed? What's going? Why why did your hair look like that? I'm just gonna deal with it because when my hair gets to this long phase, it gets very frizzy and froey. When it's wet, it's got some cool curls, but then that those curls just turn into just garbage, and I can't have that. But I don't want the haircut too soon because you want to be as fresh as fuck when you go into a city like New York to do stand up comedy. You know, so so I'm waiting. I'm gonna wait. So if you see me from now until I don't know, maybe next. Tuesday, I'll get the haircut. No, nah, I want to wait a week. Maybe I'll get like March 10th or 12th. Good good full week before I get on that plane. All right, just putting that out there. So I hope you guys are looking better than I'm looking is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, here's what happened. Monday evening at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Laugh Factory is a great club doing comedy seven nights a week, but it's still a Monday crowd, which they had better than most clubs do on a Monday. I don't know. Maybe I'd guess like 75 people there, I want to say. And, and it was a fun show. It was. I'm going last because I'm the shit. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going last on the show. I think I'm supposed to do 15 to 20. And I've been watching most of the show throughout, right? And um, my buddy Zach O'Ryan had gone up before me. He was popping in doing a guest spot. He was doing like eight. And he was killing it. He was doing great. And this dude, though, was I think Zach had a joke about cocaine. Maybe that's why it happened. The dude's yelling out like, cocaine. Yeah, like he was all pumped up. And Zach was kind of like, who are you with? You know, because there was some weird vibe going. He's like, oh, it's my mom. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're fucking with us. Because she had like her head on his shoulder. And it just wasn't mother-son energy, right? And he's like, no, it's my mom, for real. And then I, I looked and I'm like, ages maybe. Because she looked like she was maybe 57 and he could have been 30, 32. I don't know. So it was it was, it was was a tough thing to figure, right? It was, it was real Walmart white trash vibes. No knock on you Walmart shoppers out there, by the way. I, I got some shit from some people going like, you know, some people have to shop at Walmart. I know, but I'm just throwing that out there, okay? They had 
fight in a Walmart mother-son vibes if they were mother-son. I still think he was just banging a 50-something-year-old. That's my guess. Anyhow, he was getting real obnoxious and just was yelling nonsense during his set. And I didn't want that during my set, of course, because I'll be honest with you, since my dad died at the end of January, my patience level has really gone to shit. You know, I don't know if it's part of the grief process, but I just sometimes with a heckler, you get a little cute with them that you defuse the situation to get them to shut up because you don't want to just go full out and, and, and go too mean and get crazy because then you'll lose the sympathy of the audience as a comedian. The audience hates the heckler like we hate the heckler. But if you go too hard, I've seen it where the audience is like, shit, man, I don't know if you had to go that strong, right? They start to then feel bad for him. Where if you play it right, you get the whole audience to go after this guy. And then this guy feels like a real piece of shit. And then they usually shut up or they have to get kicked out. Either way, you look awesome on stage as the comic. So I go up there and I got to give a thank you to the, the host of the show, Zach Boog. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Good dude, funny guy. Um, you know, it's his show. He hosts it every week, I believe. So I was thankful to be on it. But I, th- he got too high, I, I think, because <laughs> he, I'm, I'm the last comedian. You know, I'm not bragging, but I'm pretty known, at least in Chicago. And his introduction to me was "Give it up for Joe," and that was it. Didn't say my last name. I became just a dude with one name. You know what I mean? I was just, I'm the Rock, like I'm Cher or some shit. I don't know. Just one name is how he brought me up. So that was already a little awkward. Even the audience is kind of like, this dude doesn't have a last name. He's just Joe. You know, so then I made fun of that a little bit, you know, told him to keep smoking. And then I talked about how the audience was a little weird because there was some weirdness going on in, in the crowd. And so from there that I started to do a joke, but I can't remember what the joke was. It was some new thing. I was just riffing out. The cokehead starts yelling shit like during every punchline. And the audience is laughing, but they're also distracted because I can see people in the front couple rows looking back like, who the fuck is that? And why is he shouting nonsense? That's the worst, too. When you're dealing with a heckler who's yelling things that you as the comedian can't hear or can't make out. And the rest of the crowd couldn't either. He's just shouting shit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even saying? So I thought I'm like, all right, I'll engage him for a second. And then half a second into it where I was like, what are you? And then I'm like, no, what? fuck this. I go, hey, shut the fuck up. Seriously, shut the fuck up. You notice how no one around you is talking? Is that not an indication that you should shut the fuck up? This isn't a fucking town hall meeting, dude. Okay? Shut the fuck up. Okay? You want to talk about cocaine and uh, your, your weird love affair with your mom? Do that outside. Shut the... You know, so I had to make fun of him a little bit. Then the dude starts, like, saying something back. And then I'm finally like, what are you saying back? And he says, like, watch your back. He said, watch your back. And so my response was, what the fuck are you going to do anyway? You know? Because seriously, dude, you're going to get tough with me in the state of mind I've been in. People who know me know I'm, I'm not afraid of punching people. I've just never been afraid to do that, especially when I'm in when I'm grieving. You know what I mean? I'm in a whole different headspace, right? I'm going up there. I'm trying my best to give the audience a great show, even though I'm still hurting inside. And that's where it's at. So I'm just like, what the fuck are you going to do? And he he comes up, but then he tries to turn it around into like some sort of speech because the dude literally got out of his seat and walked all the way to the front of the stage and starts saying, dude, you're a fucking comedian, man. So fucking sensitive. You're supposed to be fucking making fun of me and shit like that. I'm like, motherfucker, I am. I am making fun of you, but you're also interrupting the show. I'm saying I listen to the microphone so the whole audience could hear. And they're all on the edge of their seat because this is insane. This is action. You know what I mean? They're thinking, am I, are we about to see a fight? I, I saw some people starting to pull their phones out. Like, you know, also, by the way, if you were at the show, if you were there and you have video, please send it to me because I know this could have gone viral. 
This happens all the time as a comedian. You have an amazing set or something crazy happens and no one's filming. But then when you have a boring bullshit set, everyone's like, oh yeah, we got, we got that on tape. And 4K, multiple angles. Do you want it? No, I don't want that garbage. I want the fun stuff. So I said to him, I go, listen, dude, I'm good at two things. Making people laugh and kicking the shit out of people. Did I say kicking the shit out of people? I think maybe. The reason I had kick in my head was because when you're, I'm on stage. And I thought to myself, if this dude tries to climb on stage, I'm kicking him in the fucking teeth. It's that simple. And I even said to him, I go, dude, if you try to come up here, I'm going to kick you in the fucking mouth. Like I moved the stool. I moved the mic stand back. I was, I put, I think I rolled my sleeves up because the people who I was talking to afterwards were like, you were going to fight him, weren't you? They, they really were like, you weren't backing down. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I didn't give up because dude, that's my, the stage. That's my home, man. That's mine. So if you're going to, and that's every comedian that feels this way. You're going to, that's why we even get mad when it's one of those low stages and people in the front row, like put their feet up on it. It's like, don't get comfortable. This is, this is my territory. Okay. You're in, you're in my fucking house. So if you're going to come at me, first of all, you're interrupting, ruining the show for everyone around you by yelling stuff out during the jokes. Comedy isn't music. You have to pay attention to it. Okay. It's not like I've never seen a guitarist stop mid song going, Hey, third row, you want to keep it down? What do you ask? You know what I mean? No, we, they don't care. They understand that it's a different fucking thing, but with comedy, you can't listen to half a joke and get the joke. I remember when I was starting out, you, when you start out as a stand-up comedian, you do some horrible shows. It's just all part of paying your dues. And some of these bar shows on the middle of nowhere, these fucking pricks would walk in, hear half a joke, and be like, hey, Tommy, you're funnier than this guy. We should get you on stage. I'm like, hey, jerk off. You only heard seven words of the joke. You didn't hear the premise. You didn't hear the beginning. You stuck your fat fucking head in there thinking, oh, I can't wait to... And that's, that's the thing about comedy is... Yes, I know some of the funniest people I know aren't comedians, but those people aren't stupid enough to think they could do stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? What that's it's something I don't know, something about comedy where people think I know a funny guy and he's funnier than you, even though I only heard one thing. There's just some arrogance about it, which is causes hecklers. You now, someone said once upon a time, people could go see the worst play ever written, like a huge piece of shit play, sit there quietly during the whole three hours with their hands in their lap, just sitting there. They don't say a word. I've never heard of anyone getting heckled at a play. Meanwhile, they go to a comedy show and just start spitting out nonsense. And that was the thing, too. I'm like, dude, I can't fucking hear you either. So that's why I told you to shut the fuck. It was a good back and forth, and I didn't, I didn't fucking blink. I did not blink. And he didn't climb up on that stage because he knew better. And as the they you know security at Laugh Factory, I guess security door guy, bounce uh, bartender, you know these are friends of mine. I love these guys. They finally came and were like, "You got to go," and they're like escorting him out. And what cracked me up is he was getting escorted out. He said to me, "He goes, you fucking bitch," and I'm like, "Yeah, keep fucking talking." That's what I just said. I'm like, "Keep fucking talking." And um, I think he said, "I'll wait for you outside." I'm like, "I'll wait," you know. <laughs> and then he goes, "You were probably bullied in high school." which made me laugh. I responded with bullied. I bet it's sixth on the baseball team. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And the reason I said six, I actually bet fifth um, for a little bit, but it's because it's funnier. You know what I mean? If I come back at him being like, dude, I, I, you know, I was popular. All right. Women like me, like, you know, high school is pretty great actually, but it just made me laugh hard because I feel like if you said to 90% of comedians, you were probably bullied in high school. The answer would be, yeah, they were. (laughs) And that's why they became comedians. Uh, don't bully people unless you want to help the next generation be funny. But I was just not one of them. I just wasn't, you know, when I was really little, there were some older kids on the block that picked on me, but they were like 11 when I was seven, you know what I mean? But 
from, you know, nobody fucked with me once I was in grade school. Also, I was one of those dudes who like grew real early on. Like I haven't grown since eighth grade. Like I was like, maybe I grew a little bit in high school, but I was about six feet when I was like 14. Um, you know, that guy doesn't get fucked with. And also people are just like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're six feet when you're 14. You're going to be seven foot when you're 20. Like people, kids are dumb. I remember my friends thinking I was going to be seven feet tall. I'm like, that's not how it works. Okay. My dad's like six, three, six, four. I'm not going to get too much taller than him. Most likely kids are dumb. They don't get genetics, but um, yeah, it just made me laugh. And the best part too, is while they were escorting him out, all of a sudden I heard like a kerfuffle, a big sound. And look, if you're ever at a comedy show and you see like the comedian, like putting his hand or her hand or their, their hand the world right guys got to be right with this stuff like almost like a visor it's because the audience is mostly dark we could make out the first couple rows the lights are bright on the stage we're lit up but you guys in the audience it's pretty much dark over you guys so we do that so we could kind of see what's happening but i heard a loud noise i heard someone say something apparently as they were escorting him out an audience member just got up and decided fuck this dude and shoved his ass to the ground which i love because there's no like (laughs) that's like the best sign of loyalty how dare you fucking talk to her and Joe said, bam, and threw him right to the ground. Um, and you know what? I started to feel bad though, because they were telling me they, they made sure now one bartender friend, shout out to Joe Lozell. He told me that they made sure they like, didn't linger outside the club and they saw them get on the bus. But then when they got on the bus, they didn't have like bus fare. And she was like digging for like change and stuff. So then I'm starting to feel bad. I'm like, oh, it's a, they were out on a Monday night. They probably got free tickets somehow. Maybe they don't have a lot of money, you know, it's like their first night out in a while. Maybe they got a weird relationship going on. I, then I don't know why. And then they're poor. I, I just started to feel horrible for them for whatever reason. I'm like, maybe they wake up tomorrow thinking, man, what, what did we do? Why did I, I let it get to that? We should have shut up. We were ruining it. But then I told a couple of my friends, I had these feelings and they're like, dude, fuck them. Stop being that. I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of a bleeding heart sometimes, but yeah, it's just, it's just a sad situation. It's just, cause you don't want, I just wanted to do my set. Like, you know, I don't plan on going up there. But I did tell the audience, I'm like, hey, this has been, it's been a pretty good show. I'm sure a few of you, though, have thought like, this is okay. But I guarantee you, now you will never forget this show. No one in that audience will ever forget that. That was just insanity to a pretty entertaining level. And I recovered pretty good from it, too. I ended up doing the rest of my set, and I got some big laughs out of it. I made some callbacks to how ridiculous he was and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was fucking nuts. And to top it off, all of it took place like where this dude was sitting. And I was told he got up about six times. So they really do think he was all coked out of his mind. Uh, we're like five or six members of the Chicago Blackhawks. So I think that's that cracks me up too. And we knew that going in. Like uh, the staff at the Laugh Factory knew. They were like, hey, there's a whole row of like guys from the Blackhawks here. Don't mention it though. They don't want like, you know, the attention or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but I didn't know they were there. And But I, during that moment, I totally forgot. And then when things settled down, I was like, oh, God, this fucking happened in front of those guys, too. Because, you know, I wanted to go up there and kill in front of professional athletes. Why, why wouldn't you want to, you know, dominate in that sense? Uh, but damn. And then all the guys from the Blackhawks came up to me afterwards. And we're just like, holy shit, that's fucking insane. It's never happened before. And damn, this is the, a couple of them. This was like their first comedy show. A few of them have been going to a bunch lately, you know. And um and the Blackhawks aren't playing well. And they have a sense of humor about it. They're all like, you want to have a laugh? Come watch us play. And I'm like, oh, you guys are young. Don't worry about it. Um, star player Patrick Kane was there, but he kind of dipped out early. I didn't really get to say what's up to him. But uh, I was talking to some really good dudes. Dylan Strom, great guy. Um, Seth Jones. Uh, Kirby Doc. Who else was there that I'm missing? A few guys. Sorry if, I'm, if, if any of you Blackhawks are listening and I forgot your name. I apologize. Um, 
Mackenzie, what the fuck's his last name? Some of the defensemen, big dudes. A lot of the big dudes on the team were there. And we're thinking like, fuck, these guys are pretty big. But yeah, we we hung out afterwards uh, with those guys for a little bit, just telling some stories. They were off the next night. So yeah, and they're young 23-year-old hockey players. So they were drinking Mick Ultra, not to make fun of them, but that's smart calorie-wise. You know, they're still in season. And yeah, nice dudes, really good dudes. Um, and I wish them health the rest of the season. That's what you always say. If you ever talk to anyone who's a professional athlete of any kind, you don't say good luck or anything like that. You say, hey, you stay healthy. That's that's what they always say. I saw this footage of Michael Jordan All-Star Weekend a couple weeks, week, weeks ago, I think it was, a couple weekends ago. And he's saying to everyone, hey, you stay healthy. Stay healthy. All right, babe, stay healthy. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I kind of like that. I should say that in everyday life. Remind people, hey, stay healthy. Speaking of staying healthy, I had a doctor's appointment today and I've gone to a few and they were all kind of set up before my father's death. But now I'm like, let's do some extra time. Like, you know, I want to find out if there's anything lingering, you know, because he, again, was, this was a total shock to all of us just happening to sleep and there was no, he wasn't sick. He wasn't suffering. Thank God, which is awesome. Uh, it's like a silver lining out of all this. It's, uh, out of all the suckiness of it all, but. I'm like, all right, now I'm going to be one of those guys because I want to live forever, baby. I'm going to be one of those guys that if I have any kind of ache or pain or whatever, I'm going to be like, hey, let's look into this, uh, which I think we should all be. I think that's why a lot of men, I mean, there's no real statistic that could verify this, but a lot of men, I feel like die way before they should because we're always taught toughen it up, you know, and there's a difference between toughen it up where it's like you're the running back and you broke your pinky versus Oh, I have massive stomach issues that I've had for like years. No, get that shit checked. Come on, guys. Take care of yourselves. That's that's manly. You know what's manly? Taking care of yourself, right? Because then you could live longer and do man shit if that helps the fellas out there. Um, women too. But I feel like well, I, I, men in particular need to hear this. I don't feel like I need to make a public service announcement for everyone out there. Take care of yourself. It's a general thing. You get it, right? So I... um. I went in and here's what sucks. I got to go back tomorrow because I didn't know I was supposed to fast for them to do blood draws. They, you know, and they draw your blood and do tests for it. They're like, you didn't fast. I'm like, no, no one told me that. I'm like, all right, well, can you come in tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, fine. But all right. So here's where I'll get a little personal. I had like some right, should I say, should I be medical about it? I had some right nut pain, um, a while ago. That's why I first, that's why I made this appointment. Um, where like it hurt and then it was like seeping like into my abdomen where I'm like, ah, fuck like that, you know, but it didn't hurt walking around, walking around. I felt fine, but like on touch and like on some movements, I felt it, you know? So I was like, ah, this doesn't feel well at all. Right. Um, so I'm like, all right, I gotta get this checked lately. It's been feeling fine. So I think I'm probably just fine, but if anything, they're checked for a hernia or whatever, but because of that you have to get an exam, you know? Um, and my doctor, I realized as I was talking to her and she's, she's cool. Um, good doctor. I was like, you know, she's probably my age, maybe even a couple years younger even, but for whatever reason, doctors are always automatically older to me, which I know I'm getting older. You know, how it is like, like, I don't know if you guys are sports fans who feel this way. Professional athletes always appear older to me in my brain. Like when I was talking to these guys on the Blackhawks uh, a few days ago, I remember having to remind myself, I'm like, Oh wait, you're like 24. I'm 30 fucking seven, you know, it's like, but it, it, I don't know. There's something about you see certain professions through like the lens of when you were a little kid. So even though she's my age or maybe even younger, um, 
she looks younger because she's a doctor. She takes better care of herself than most people. I still think this is a 50 year old woman I'm talking to. So as I'm talking, I'm just a little bit like, yeah, fucking, you know, I don't think I said fucking, but I was just like, my right ball testicle. What, what word do you want me to use? I can use whatever you word you want. You want to be medical about it. But, um, that's not a fun visit for men. Uh, this is more for my female listeners. The dudes know this. It's not, you know, I think when you were like in high school or younger, I remember dudes being like, oh man, imagine having a hot doctor, right? Checks your balls. It'd be awesome. And it's like, no, cause it's not sexual. There's nothing sexual. Hospitals are in and, and doctor's offices are the most non-sexy places ever. I feel like you're walking down those hallways. There's that smell. I don't know if it's like a sterile smell or whatever. There's just, Ugh, right at any given moment you feel like someone's gonna throw up out of something it just there's just something there's a staleness in the air right you're you're sitting on the butcher paper thing the blood pressure right it's just not you know it was not enjoyable and i'm sure that's probably the least favorite part of her job too but it's just like and it's also like you're not at your best as a dude you're just i've talked to other my guy friends i'm like yeah you're just not you're not you'd rather be de pants on a summer day because then you're like, oh yeah, that's that's me. I'm pretty good, right? And then you have the. I'm sure they're not judging. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're just like, I got to get this over with. I'm feeling for what I need to feel for. But as a dude, you almost want to be like, you know, what reminding me of. I had to audition to play a white supremacist on a Showtime show once, and you know, it was black producers. A Showtime show called The Shy. They have a joke about this on one of my albums, and uh, I remember I had to say the N word as part of the audition. And I almost wanted to say to the black producers, oh, by the way, I, I hate that I have to say this word, which would have been even worse. I feel like they would have been like, yeah, we assumed you weren't a racist, right? Not a lot of uh, white supremacists are also thespians in the theater world, you know, in acting. So, all right. Um, weird thing that you said that now, you know? So it would have been even weirder if, if she's examining my balls, if I'm like, you know, th this whole situation usually looks a lot better but it's a whole medical thing. And, you know, I, I get faint in these situations, not when you do the balls, but like, you know, all the other tests and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I, I get queasy real easily. Just want you to know this, this normally is a goddamn treat to behold, literally to hold and to behold, which I means to like look on adoringly. I think that's the definition of that word, but yeah, that's not, that's not a fun situation. And so now guys, this is what they're going to do. And it's not the appointments like, not for a while when I have it, I'll explain it to you. Cause I know you all dying to know it's a little tease. They're going to do an ultrasound on my, on my, my scrotum. That's another word. I don't like, by the way, scrotum, every word when it comes to male reproductive sounds horrible, way worse than female fallopian tubes. Sounds fun. Okay. Um, ovaries. That's not bad. Ovaries dudes though, testicles and, and especially the word testicular, the word testicular almost always makes my stomach feel terrible. It's just a horrible word because it's always followed by something bad. It's followed by what? Testicular cancer. Ugh. Testicular torsion. Ugh. Right? All this stuff. I'm sorry. Everyone listening right now, if you're driving your car and you're a man, you should pull over because you probably you get off the highway, get yourself some sort of like uh, some sugar because you don't want your blood level going down or whatever and passing out while you're behind the wheel. Damn it. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's it's bad words. Scrotum, I, I, I don't know. See, the the slang is always better. That's where, like, I love smart people, and they're so important to society. 
but you, they should have had some of their, their dumber friends around. And then when they were like, well, we're going to call this a scrotum. And they're like, fuck that. Call it a sack. They're like, well, we, we want to be medical terms. I'm like, so why can't sack be a medical term? We're calling it sack. And then if they're like, well, no, we're not going to. And then the, the dumb guy does like that two for flinching thing. And then they're like, fine, fine. We'll call it sack. It would have made more sense. Just call it what, like, why do you, why you got to get Latin about it? Everyone back then was a fucking stiff. That's like, we're going to use the Latin word. And I'm like, no, I'm going to call it my dick. And these are my balls. And it, my balls reside in my sack. How's that point, Dexter? Keep coming up with cures for shit, though. I like that part of your job. All right. So, yeah, the ultrasound, you know, they're going to put warm gel. I looked up what they do. Um, I've had like a, what's it called? An echocardiogram, which is basically like an ultrasound of your like heart. So I'm, I'm, it's not like a thing, but when they did the ultrasound of my heart, she like push in, like you feel some pressure on that stupid wand thing on your chest. So I remember thinking like, this feels slightly uncomfortable. I don't want that on my ball, right? Balls. They're down there. I imagine they'll check both. It'd be real fucking weird if they only looked at the right one. And then who knows? I have a problem with the left one down the road. And they got it. I think I think I'm totally fine because I haven't really felt much pain in a while with it. I think I just banged it off of something. I got a little wild with it. And I think, you know, balls are fucking sensitive. I think I nicked one of them. I've been playing Avengers with my kids and, you know, two-year-old kicks around his legs. And they got me in the nut. One time my dog's tail fucking hit me in the ball. She was wagging like she was real excited. And her tail hit me in the nut. And that I almost got rid of my dog over that one. So probably fine. Um but I'll let you guys know. I'll give you guys the play-by-play after that happens. They put a warm gel on you because, which I thought to myself, I remember the gel being cold for the other echocardiogram. They do a warm gel on your balls because cold, we all know what cold gel or cold anything does to the man's area down there. It's a warm gel and then they just fucking prod around down there. Um, again, though, I, I, I know I'm not going to get a boner because, again, it's a weird medical procedure. You just, you just lie there feeling pathetic. You know, I might bust out my phone and do get AirPods and watch Pornhub. I, I, I kind of want to get a boner because I want to make up for it in case they do talk around this goddamn doctor's office. They'll be like, you see that dude's dick? Holy shit. Right. That'd be nice because then someone else would be like, I heard otherwise. And then it's like, well, maybe it was cold in your office. And you should fix that. Right. And now I'm, I'm now I'm a benefit for future patients and they're more comfortable when they got to take it out. You know what I mean? All right, I'm a silly fuck. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. It'd be insulting. Maybe I got too personal. Did I tell you guys too much? Are you guys like a little bit like Joe? Overshare. Well, that's what you're going to get on the Joe Kilgown podcast. Some fun shit. Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Here's a little fun tidbit for you. Jonah Jerkins, who's been on the podcast several times. Hilarious comedian Jonah Jerkins. Look him up, everyone. My screen froze a little bit there. And he... Is uh, was in Vegas last week and was at the Metallica concert in Las Vegas. I'm gonna have him on next week. He's gonna tell me what it was like being in Vegas, seeing Metallica, one of the greatest rock bands of all time. So I'm very excited for that. I know my guy Chad. I know I know Chad McDaniel. You're gonna be pumped to hear about that man. And um, then what else are we gonna talk about? Oh, the Patreon. So I got a fun one for the Patreon. Um, it's so much fun that I almost want to keep Kevin for everybody. But I think I'll, I'll I'll do it for the Patreon. Uh, it's going to be f- my five five hottest animated moms. I'll give you one: The Incredibles, Elastigirl. She's an animated mom. She's really hot. So for that, I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to make a whole list, and that's going to be on the Patreon. Top five hottest animated mothers. So there you go, everybody. All right, that'll be fun, right? 
All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Again, if you are uh, going to be around New York, I will definitely, a couple of ones I can tell you about already. It means you should know New York City at the Gutter Bar in Brooklyn, Wednesday, March 16th. And then Saturday, March 20th, I will also be at Comedians You Should Know at the Gutter Bar. They do like a prime time show on Saturdays where like it's more like headlining comedians doing longer sets as well. So it'll be like, do they, some of the best comedians in New York do that show. Big names and your boy, Joe. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers.